Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, greetings. Lock Talk Radio. Revolutionary voodoo. New Orleans voodoo secrets and recipes. The fire is hot, the water is a boiling. It's time to put something into this pot. Come on in, come on in. All is a blessing from wherever you feel in the world. Come on in. 
And to breathe again, you have an opportunity to create and recreate your reality in that moment. The challenge is sometimes we're moving too fast. Sometimes life is coming at us too quickly. Sometimes we have too much on our plate to take the time to just simply breathe, breathe. And then many of my godchildren and clients and initiates, I'm asking you to not only breathe, but to journal and to hold on to and build relationships with quartz crystals for your healing and your wellness and your clarity. And then learn another language, another culture, another practice, a new tradition, all at the same time. So we create and recreate our reality with our mouths. And, of course, what comes out of your mouth must first be seated in your consciousness, in your head, and also have a root in your heart. So as we move forward into today's topic, today I I, I believe should be and could be a powerful exchange of magic, healing, secrets, mysteries. And I'm grateful for those of you who are already listening with me now live on my phone lines at area code 845-277-9143. I'm grateful for my callers. If indeed you have a question, comment, or request at any point in the show, do press the number one on your telephone keypad. That virtually alerts me, if you will, that you've raised your hand, and it allows me an opportunity to open your mic and also bring you into the conversation. I'll otherwise assume uh, that you're just listening and enjoying the discussion. So today should be a day of power, a day of magic a day of revelation, a day of secrets. For indeed, I want to talk about vengeance, retribution, being crossed. And those of you who are my consistent or or regular listeners, you know that I always got to share some history. I've always got to plant sort of a root in the story. I've always got to sort of give a context to the story. And then I'm going to go to my mic I'm sorry, to my phone lines and open your mic, respond to your questions. I invite you to follow the link that's scrolling at the bottom of the screen. I'll retype it in the chat momentarily to allow you to turn on your webcam, if you will, and also join us here on the show. When I first think about what revenge, retribution, being crossed is, I indeed go back in history. That's just sort of how I'm wired. What's the origin of? Where did it come from? What kind of footprint does this practice, this tradition, this idea leave for us? And ultimately, what what is its purpose? What is to be gained? And if anything, what is to be lost? I think of rooting, crossing, Hexing, fixing, curses, taint. So we also going to talk a little bit about language. Language. We use a lot of new language and new words, at least for this geographic location in the world, that are new 
in the conversation of hoodoo and voodoo and obia practice in the Americas. Orisha is relatively new. Loa is relatively new. My, my grandmother didn't use those words. I'm sure Denise Augustine's grandmama probably didn't use those words. And so it calls to mind um, something that a friend of mine, Denise Augustine, not Denise Augustine, Denise Alvarado, wrote in her book, The Magic of Marie Laveau. The book is called The Magic of Marie Laveau, Embracing the Spiritual Legacy of the Voodoo Queen of New Orleans by Denise Alvarado, A-L-V, like Victor, A-R-A-D-O, Denise Alvarado, The Magic of Marie Laveau. And so this topic brought to mind for me um, some of the things that she wrote about Marie Laveau's court the spirits, the deities, the powers from which Marie Laveau pulled from. And, of course, if you will, give me a moment. Um, I don't know what I did. All of a sudden, the passage that I'm looking to quote is <laughs> no longer directly in my face. So give me a second here. I think I can pull this together. Um, wow, where did it go? Oh, my goodness. Forgive me, Blog Talk Radio, because you can't see me, but at least the rest of the audience can see me. <laughs> and, you know, I'm looking. Um, oh, wow. I lost the passage. But she she was referencing. Oh, here we go. I might have it here. She was referencing the ideas, the notion of words and word usage. And in her book, she says, interestingly, we hear nothing in the historical records referring to the terms Loa or Orisha as it relates to New Orleans voodoo. We do hear the term spirit, and this is a term that continues to be favored in Louisiana. I believe the term Loa, whether you spell it with a W, whether you spell it with an A, um, depends on what language you're speaking in the moment. The word likely arrived with the Haitians when they came to New Orleans. And during the 18th and 19th centuries, we also don't hear much in the way of pantheon of spirit, simply because practitioners were not the ones writing about their traditions back then. What we have in the historical record are accounts of observers, observers and very often misinformed observers. So their characterizations were generalizations at best. And most of the time, reporters covering voodoo activities had no idea what they were looking at at all. The descriptions they gave, however, do provide clues about what spirits and practices were part of the various ceremonies and rituals. For example, the following is is a brief description some of the spirits described by witnesses of Marie Laveau ceremonies in the 1800s. So we have Dambalo Wedo, which is one of the most revered of the African gods, the serpent deity of peace and purity of platinum and silver, the one who grants riches and sustains the world. 
optimism emanates from his presence, and it is he who is the original servant of the creator. Dambala is an ancient loa referred to as a root loa, and Dambala is syncretized with St. Patrick and Moses. Dambala Wado was also called as the great voodoo queen stood up and held up her snake zombie over her head and chanted Dambala, yay, 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 oh, three times, and the drums are a usual beat with an increasing tempo. And Dumbalawedo brings together the most powerful aspects of the male and female Loa as one. And, of course, those are the words of Gandolfo, uh, again, an author often not associated with the traditions, uh, recanting what they believe they see happening, what they believe they see going on. But we also see Baron Samdi. We see Papa Lekba at St. Peter. We see St. Maroon and St. Milo and deities that represent revolution and escape and, and maroonage. We see St. Anthony and Yan Su. And so we see, as we always have seen, deities. Um, tell it like it is. Any questions can be asked. And I would prefer that you would call in or turn your camera on. Uh, but if you have to ask them in the chat, um, I'll do my best to to address them. So a point that I'm trying to make here is that there were many spirits, powers, deities that we called upon for healing, for benevolent purposes, for the benefit of peace, for the benefit of survival. And so when we think about revenge and retribution and, and, and when does that begin to come into the conversation. I'm sure that there were, you know, you burnt down my, you know, my maize plantation by accident, you know, or you cursed my yam field. And so my yam crop didn't come in. I'm sure anywhere you find humanity, you find Denise some level of, of bickering and, and disagreement and neighbors who don't get along. But I think that whole concept of vengeance and revenge and retribution first has its root in the development of voodoo in the new world under such oppressive circumstances. And so I think little is told of the stories of retribution and retributive magic because we assume a negative connotation to it, uh, but, but also because no stories are uh, being told regular enough that, that empower us that speak to those moments in time when, when, when indeed we took power and took control. So we know, you know, Mammy poisoned a family or two. We know the, the doulas and the midwives killed some, some babies, you know, d- during that time of enslavement, retribution. We have documented stories of damage to equipment, damage to fields, the assumption that that the enslaved were uh, faking illness, you know, disease, you know, not to not to uh, uh, to do work, but we clearly find a footprint of wanting revenge, wanting some kind of response from God and the spirits, wanting some kind of answer for why am I here and why am I being forced to sort of endure, you know, 
this calamity. And then we move forward in modern times, you know, and the introduction of the botanicas and the, and the store shops that sell, you know, root powder, foot powder, hot foot, you know, many other products that some of us know very well <laughs> or, or know of folk who know very well, you know, that basically had a label on it, had a name on it, had a picture stamped on it. And, and we see that occurring today. Anyone can make candle labels and, and, and put candles together. Anyone can, you know, create, you know, a powder or an instant flavor or blend and put a name or, or, or some attribution to it. But the desire for revenge and the payback and the get back has changed, at least in my perspective, uh, in the last 30 years. And we're really concerned now about not just the hater and, and, and the one who would otherwise, you know, not mean us good, but the idea that, you know, my relationship is damaged because of a root. Something's going on with my career because of black magic. You know, someone is interrupting my ability to, to move forward successfully, you know, by, by way of some hack. And, and, and that's what I want to address today, the truths, the reality, and the stories that many of us have and have heard, you know, through the years in, in relation to this topic. Greetings, beloved Denise. I can't hear you, beloved. Turn on your mic. Turn on your mic. Greetings, honey. Greetings. Greetings. This is a wonderful subject because... Uh, I grew up at a t- in a time when a young woman was taught to protect herself from uh, haters and people that would do them harm. There were rules and regulations that you followed uh, and certain things that you would do or not do in the Creole community of New Orleans to stay safe uh, from people seeking to spiritually harm you or even poison you. When you went to a person's house and they offered you something to eat, you automatically looked to your parents, to the women that was with you as a child to get a signal whether or not it was safe. They would either say, oh, thank you very much, but we just ate before we came. Or they would say, oh, yeah, I'll have a little of that gumbo. And uh, if your mother's eating, that means you can eat. Or if your aunt's eating, that means you're safe. Uh, Things like uh, certain rituals that you would do in front of your house. And the first Friday of the month was very powerful for rituals. Also, those hen walks that they would do at 5 o'clock in the morning, they'd wake me up and dress me. And we'd go to the river to throw things away to throw uh, uh, evil away or to send things back to Africa where your ancestors are most powerful to help you in some ritual work. Um, The blessing of the front of your house, the cleaning with uh, uh, red brick, the throwing of holy water, the the throwing of sand. All these rituals are done for protection. The collecting of the young women in the house 
first pee in the morning. First pee, that first urine is powerful. So that they could wash down the, the, the front stoop. Blood is powerful. Menstrual mm-hmm. blood is also extremely powerful in ritual work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, tell it like it is. We're indeed uh, open for any questions. Um, you could always call in, uh, area code 845-277-9143. We already have other callers online. Uh, and just push to number one. Or you can charge up your webcam as uh, beloved Ms. O has done and come on in and join us on screen. Um, Denise, beloved, the infinite one lives. The infinite one lives. She's a local friend of mine, um, Congo Square associate. And she's asking the question, um, if we could talk a little bit more about St. Anthony. Um, If I Um, talk about St. Anthony, it's going to be, you know, kind of hoodoo-ish. And, of course, uh, if Denise talks about St. Anthony, she knows a great degree more about the Catholic element. I know more about the Catholic element. St. Anthony is the saint that if you're working with him, uh, you've got to put him upside down. He's one of a few hard-headed saints that they they call St. Anthony St. Raymond. I have seen my elder spit on and cuss out and actually punch. Uh, also, uh, St. Anthony uh, will open doors for you, will find lost things, uh, will return loved ones, uh, will bring, hey, Nina, will bring uh, lovers back. Also, he's a good saint for money. If you look at the statue of St. Anthony, he's got gold at his feet. So if he's got gold at his feet, he's, he's definitely one that you would use for money. But once again, like I said, upside down, but he's the saint of return, mm-hmm. uh, and we use him to bring things back. Um, finding a job, he and both St. Joseph are good for finding work. Uh, St. Anthony uh, bring business to uh, uh, people to your business. So, hey, uh, S. Marie, um, and so that's what we use St. Anthony for. But turn him upside down; he's hard-headed. That's a uh, lesser-known secret of working with St. Anthony. Um, indeed, not only turning him upside down, but I try and burn the candles upside down if, if possible. Sometimes mm-hmm. I even take, you know, my spent uh, St. Anthony uh, seven-day candles and turn them upside down and, yeah. and then burn tea lights on top of them after I've sort of loaded them with, you know, some items to to reinforce whatever the, the issue, the project that I'm, I'm attempting to open. And in hoodoo, voodoo, we associate St. Anthony with Lakebox. Top of mm-hmm. the opening of door opener. door opener, guarding of, of, of your crossroads. He not only protects and defends behind your door, but um, when you're in the streets, when, when you're moving about, he also uh, uh, intercedes in that regard. Uh, where did our co-host go? Beloved, come on back. Yeah. Uh, we had a, uh, Miss O was also with us. Miss O, um, you might want to unmute your mic. She might be having technical difficulties. Unmute your mic, beloved, Ms. O, and come on in with your question or comment. 
Yeah, she's having some kind of technical issue. So we'll wait for her to come back. Thank you, Leslie Green. I certainly appreciate your support and your friendship and your association and being a part of this this sacred space that we all choose to come together in every day at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time. And I have a global audience, so I might need to stop saying that uh, U.S. Central Standard Time because people are listening and, and, and enjoying this show from all over the world at various times, both live and also in archives. Uh, in archive at my YouTube channel, youtube.com, Voodoo Thai, V-O-O-D-O-O-T-Y-E. You can also enjoy the audio version of the broadcast on my Blog Talk radio page. And I invite as many of you as will to follow me, befriend me on Blog Talk radio at blog, B-O-L-G, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen print. You must put that little uh, dash in between the and divine print in order to pull up the correct uh, URL. And then please, please follow me, befriend me in the blog talk radio space. I certainly appreciate that. And, and indeed, we have listeners, viewers from all over the world. Because see, I have a little virtual map here that pinpoints where everyone is geographically. So I'm grateful. Um, I enjoy my, my listeners, of course, 845-277-9143. But don't forget, you can always press the number one, and I'll open your mic and let you into the conversation. And you can also just come on in with your webcam by way of the link uh, that's scrolling. Um, S. Marie always wondered what you do with red brick. Now, uh, I have two stories about red brick, and I'm sure Denise has her own stories about the red brick. Uh, And my two stories really have to do with application. There are the older people in my family, particularly those who, you know, of a little means, you know, they've built a house, typically brick structured. Um, When I think of my family in in the Mississippi Delta and, 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 and in the marshy areas, um, they often have brick once they move be above, above or graduate from, you know, the mobile home. And mobile homes are great. There's some beautiful deluxe mobile homes. Uh, but they were aiming for that, that brick structure. Um, and I've seen this at a very young age. And so they would take the Creole brick, and it had to be a Creole brick. It had to be a brick made by black Creole you know, handlers and creators um, in order to really have the power that people suggest. And made from the Mississippi. Uh, that brick is made from the Mississippi. There's two kinds of bricks here. There's bricks that are made from the lake area, and then there's bricks which are more powerful from the Mississippi. And the reason the Mississippi anything, Mississippi water, Mississippi brick, is because the Mississippi is from where your ancestors arrived. Many of our ancestors arrived in this nation. And everything is amplified by their tears and their sweat. And so Mississippi River brick is the redder, softer brick. Um, Easily found in this area. You can easily find it in this area. That's right. It's everywhere here where we are. Um, mm-hmm. Literally walking through neighborhoods, you might find it just laying 
And, and of course, right. abandoned properties. It's everywhere. Cemeteries. It's yeah, everywhere. It's everywhere. So the first application is grandma and great auntie would take the brick and rub their brick stoop with the brick itself and create the red brick dust. And this was done for a protective measure. This was done to keep negativity away from the house, keep negativity from uh, entering the house. I always believe it also had some psychological value in that it was almost literally a red flag that someone in the house at least had some minimal knowledge about working spirits, working in the realm of spirits, or, or at least had, right. had someone close enough to them to come and do that for them. Let me know that if you come this way, we know what we're doing. That's right. So That's right. And the second application, um, which applies to Esmeri's uh, most current question, um, and forgive me if I mispronounce your, your question, uh, does the spirit of place matter for the red brick? Um, inside the doorways, inside entryways, uh, if I'm understanding your question um, specifically. So if you don't have red, if you don't have brick steps, if you don't have a stone or concrete, you know, stoop, we say stoop, porch, <laughs> coming into your, into your residence, um, you might live in an in a apartment building. Um, you can still apply that, that red brick. I know people who lay down their line of red brick and then place the carpet over it or the welcome mat over it. So you don't always necessarily see it right away uh, unless you know where to look for it. But in most cases, it's done outright and in the open. And in the best way I can describe it is it's, it's literally a red flag to those entering that um, there may be some level of knowledge, awareness, more than just what you see in this red line that lies beyond this door. And it's still, to this day, a very effective tool, a very powerful tool. Um, I've had some experiences that I don't like to recant a whole lot um, in, in, in regards to my experience with the red brick, but, but I guess it's my obligation. Um, and I've, I've had people enter my residence and violate. Um, I had someone befriended someone, you know, in business, in community, in culture. Um, they had crossed that, that red brick line more than once. And it's also a spiritual contract of sorts. It says that step over the line, cross the line if you don't mean me harm. And the idea is that those who can't cross it, those who disturb it, might have some ill will or some ill intention. So I, I, I believe that idea of this individual crossing that line several times, clearly understanding who I am, what I do, the ministry that we that we operate in, then decided to come through the window. And I believe the window wasn't just an easier way to get in, but quite possibly an attempt to avoid the red brick. That, yeah, that mm-hmm. red brick. You know, and so he disturbed some shrines. Some of you are, are familiar with the story. Disturbed some shrines, disturbed some altars, stole some valuable things off the the shrines of the deities, and subsequently was dead a week later. So the red brick is a, is a real thing. It's a big deal. Um, there's prayer and enchantment and song that I like to sing, and that's a little bit personalized. Some people might have scriptures that they might chant 
you know, when they're laying down the line. And, and then there's that process of creating the dust. I've, in more recent times, seen Britannica's somehow offering little packets uh, of red brick. Uh, and indeed, if you're going to work with red brick, red brick, it takes much more than little packets of it. Uh, so it's a, it's a job to great red brick. I just recently opened up a new TikTok. I couldn't get into my old TikTok. So I have a completely new TikTok, and uh, I have a recent video of me grinding red brick. Uh, that's real popular <laughs> right now in the TikTok. So it, it's a job to take that one brick against the other and, and rub it and create that, that dust. And that's how I get my dust. Um, as Denise earlier mentioned, you find red brick everywhere here uh, in places that you otherwise probably should not be finding red brick. Uh, you see it here. Uh, so people are actively using it in 2021. It's not a relic. Um, it's still part of the active practice and tradition here in the Mississippi Delta and, and Louisiana um, among the traditions. There are also many uh, stories and, and taboos around salt and how we handle salt and the spilling of salt and, and the tossing salt over your shoulder or, or creating um, magic circles, ritual spaces, utilizing salt uh, with the intention of preventing uh, demons and jinn from entering your magic. Greetings, uh, Malik Young. He, uh, he was talking about retribution with a friend in regards to hate crimes against the LGBT community. With us both being part of that community, we will be working our magic to help us move forward. Uh, Malik, I, I appreciate that. <clears throat> That's actually one of my, um, I'm not sure what to call it now. Uh, once upon a time, it was a goal. It was an idea that I had in my mind, in my mouth, among my other community members. Why weren't we coming together and using all this great magic and power and ashe for real issues that affect the community, like LGBT issues, like police and, and black relationships, like the removal and the disbandment and, and the dissolution of of white supremacy and, and racism and other things. And, and it's one of the things, the last things we have not tried. I say it all the time. We've tried every religion. We've tried every other ethnic group. We've tried every other practice outside of ourselves. We've sought the authentic. We've sought the, the artificial. We've sought the synthetic. You know, we, we've sought the chemicalized. And, and, and we don't take nature, because voodoo is nature, seriously. And the power within nature. I know I have, just like I'm sure you have, Malik Young, have used voodoo, root work, conjure actively in regards to issues around police, the law, justice, the judicial system. And, and not just for myself, but for other people, other well-known people, you know, who would otherwise be spending life in jail, decades in jail without their, their sanity, without their mental health, w without any real sense of well-being. So not only the LGBT community, but those who are incarcerated, those who are locked down behind the walls, 
uh, it's much easier today for them to communicate with us and reach out to us by way of social media. It's not very easy to reach out to them unless they are a relative, friend, family, someone you know. You've already passed through sort of the gauntlet of rules and protocols that these institutions set up to sort of limit communication between the inmates and the outside world. But then there's the Internet, and then there's social media. So I have got children, I have clients who are incarcerated, who I'm working with, who are also members of the LGBT community, and we communicate through Facebook, through Instagram, through Twitter, et cetera. And, and there are ways to validate who people are. There are ways to validate, you know, the truth of their story. But Malik Young, I, I want us to take that seriously. This group, this listening ears right here, the, the authentic healers and practitioners right here, and make a conscious decision for us to choose cases, people, places, things that we focus our energy on. And, and we must choose and sort of choose in agreement and choose in a public way. This is a good public way so that we all know what the target is, what the result is, so that we can all observe it happening in real time, so that we can all witness it. It's something else, I think, Malik, when we are sort of sending scattered energy and scattered prayer, and all of our prayer and our ritual work is of value, all of it. Light work, shadow work, it's all important. But it gets diffused, I think, in the, in the global context. And, of course, in the communal context, it gets diffused with our own personal desires and needs and wants and, and deficiencies and concerns that we first lay on spirit, that we first lay on Orisha. And so by the time we get to community activism, fighting the power, fighting the system, we tapped out of energy. So I want us to agree the power lunch, revolutionary hoodoo, New Orleans voodoo, secrets and recipes. And Malik, I offer you to help sort of help lead that and organize that, that we choose a target, a person, a place, a thing, choose a target, and then choose, be clear about the results. Be clear about what we want to see done, what we want to see happen, so that we're all on the same page scientifically. You know, when you do an experiment scientifically, it's rules, and it has to be repeatable. So I want it to be so well done that we can say, oh, wow, that worked, and let's use that again. Oh, wow, let's apply that over here. We've learned that this might be more beneficial over there, but we need to document it. And I'm willing to document it, and we'll all be documenting it. It'll automatically be documented in this space. Malik, we just got to choose a target, personal place or thing. I know many people got worked up enough during the last presidential uh, election to, you know, post about which groups coming together and working against, you know, the former president, various groups, Orisha, Loa worshipers, Kandable acknowledgers, all over the world were, were upset enough. And there were small pockets of groups that decided, you know, let's do this work, let's move this energy forward. Uh, even Denise and I had premonitions and dreams and visions about things that would, you know, or would not take place during that season. We were all on heightened alert. So now during this 
present moment in time. Let's choose a target. I love that, Malik. Let's choose a target, a person, a place, or thing, and decide we're going to focus energy. But for the for the good of the nation, for the betterment of the community, for the well-being of the community. But let's be clear, we're at war. Let's be clear, we're at war in all manner of war devices, psychological, mental, emotional, food war devices are being organized and orchestrated against not just our community, but, but the masses of community. So let's be clear, we're at war. We live in battle each and every day. It's it, it's part of the yin yang. It's not intended for us to be in peace and tranquility and 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 spirit twenty four hours a day. We indeed have to confront reality. I, I want to talk about abuse and abusers. I have clientele who are really upset, really upset, and these clients are. 30, 40, 50, 60, and they're still haunted by, they're still chained to, they're still bound to acts of rape and abuse and molestation and violence and and, and abandonment. And they want revenge. They want revenge. And, And one of my guides, one of my mentors says, you know, your feelings are always right. It doesn't make them real. But your feelings are always right. You know, so it's right to acknowledge your anger. It's right to acknowledge your pain. It's right to acknowledge your hurt. But as a god, as a goddess, as a spirit, we also have a responsibility to our own journey. It's sort of selfish when you think about it in that way. Selfish in a health care sort of way. Selfish in a positive way that ultimately you've got to put yourself before the anger, before the hurt, to include people, places, and things associated with that. And we often use the words, the language now, shadow work. That's where that shadow work is. And sometimes that shadow work is easy for some to forgive. It's easy for some to forget. And I don't always support forgetting. Forgetting is not necessarily the best action. Because, indeed, we want to learn the lessons. We want to keep the meat of the wisdom to ensure healthy, progressive progress uh, for ourselves and and those who might also otherwise be exposed to. But I think it's a long time for us to move past the conversation of, you know, money spells and and love and relationship spells to capture somebody else's wife, to capture somebody else's husband, you know, to bind people, you know, to you who might otherwise be blocking your spiritual development, it's a time that we move beyond that sort of language and entertainment as it relates to these practices and move towards real real issues, health, wellness, security, protection. There are people under the sound of my voice just living in some dramatic circumstances. They need more than just a buff spell. They, they need more than just a you know a quick fix me up. And so just like in the Bois Cayman of, of Haiti, which were the series of ritual voodoo uh, ceremonies that led to the eventual Haitian Revolution, 
we indeed need to be having consistent, regular, communal, coming together, gatherings, rituals, uh, shout circles to increase our power, to increase our energy, so that we too can continue to fight and battle through the oppressive circumstances that we deal today. But, but I think it's by plan, and Denise might want to speak to this, by design that we also are flooded with the distraction of life, of paying bills, of, of living, you know, and, and so it's easy for some of us to then get stuck in the bitterness of the relationship that didn't work, in the bitterness attached to maybe the abuse that, that I suffered, you know, at the hands of my of my father, and, and then allow that to become a focus. Because it takes a lot of energy and a lot of focus to get to a place of vengeance, retribution, you know, wanting payback in, in, a, in a spiritual form. Go ahead, Denise. I feel like I'm talking um, too much. Abuse is not easily forgotten. And I think many times you have to realize that you have to work through this and you have to work through this daily. You also have to realize that you cannot let this one thing define your whole life because what will happen is you will get stuck in a circle of sorrow, uh, seeking retribution, hate of self, why me? So you can get caught up in, in feeling those feelings when all this energy should be put in healing. It is not your whole life. You survived it. You're supposed to glean all the good information you can from it. Uh, There's a lesson in even the most painful things, and that lesson is for the rest of your life. Now, as for retribution and uh, uh, spiritual, I have nothing against Protecting yourself, I have nothing against spiritually tying that 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 person away from you, uh, but I am more focused on the healing of it because you will play this out, and as we all know, hurt people will hurt people. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be careful to elevate your your vibration from this kind of behavior. Uh, when I worked, I worked with some really evil people in the hotel. I had so many of those people tied and put in a freezer and frozen and buried in the graveyard. I had to stop them. They were vicious. They would cut your throat and suck your blood for a dollar. And so I had to protect myself because that is not my my, that's not the way I look at life. I think that there's enough for everybody. So I don't think that if you have, uh, uh, you made money today and I didn't, I don't think you took my money. I know that this is an abundant life. And so uh, in knowing that, 
it lifted my vibration and it cared me to have to protect myself from uh, uh, these people. So I'm not telling you not to protect yourself. I want you to. And I also want you to bind those people that will hurt you and, and uh, bury them, put them in a freezer, put brick dust, write their names and, and put it in brick dust, stick it in your shoe, keep them underneath your foot. But um, I understand the need from it. We go through unnecessary pain the other, uh, uh, many times. And the question is not why, because you may never get the answer of, of why. There's just evil out there. So your, your best bet of to live a more fruitful and abundant and spiritual life is to lock it in time. That was then. That will not define my whole life. That will not make me something that I'm not. So you've got to take, turn off the TV. There ain't nothing on that TV for you. Turn off that TV and use that TV time to, to meditate or to seek spirit or to do your beautiful ritual. You can spend a whole lot of time getting absolutely nothing done sitting in front of that TV. That time can be used to heal you, to heal other people, to make beautiful things. And so that's my word on on uh, retribution and pain and, and, and uh, seeking a better spiritual existence. Listen, I was young. I've been young. You might be surprised and shocked to know that. Uh, I made mistakes. I, I, I perform rituals, you know, for, of retribution and, and vengeance and, and, and all that stuff in my, in my 20s. And I learned the hard way. You know, one of my favorite places to work was the workplace. Oh, baby, if you crossed me in the workplace, I was coming for you. And I like to use chaos magic back at one point in my, in my youthful, immature spiritual days, you know, and, and there's nothing more powerful to, to me than a bag of, of hauled peanuts, a bag of peanuts still in the shell, because I'm going to take those shells and work that workplace. And I've had whole businesses closed down, whole workplaces that just, just flipped a 360-degree turn, 180-degree turn. You know, a- after having worked some sort of retributive, retributive magic. And there's still that element of, of karma and purpose. Because ultimately, God is watching your purpose. God knows better than anyone your purpose. How important was that? How necessary w- was that to do? You know, um, we all are familiar. Yeah, you can calm people down without, without hurting them. You can keep people off of you without hurting them, you know. Uh, but what you throw out there, I promise you, they'll come back. So you got to be very, very careful. I had them in the freezer to cool them down because they were just so hot in their people. But uh, when you go to when you go to hurting people and, and, and having people uh, 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 lose their jobs and all of this kind of stuff, be very careful. You dig one hole, you better dig two. Yeah, my mama used to say the best revenge is living well. That's right. The best revenge is living well. Now, now again, there's those egregious events, rape, molestation, abuse, you know, crimes and violation, where, where indeed, rightfully so, you might want to do something. 
But you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. It's one thing to do something and to work something on someone and then not expect that same degree of judgment to be held against you in the spirit realm. So, so when we're too quick to want to root people and, and cross people while not checking our own behavior, you know, there's a, 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 a scripture in that magical book that says uh, we forgive to be forgiven. I, I might have said that differently than how it's written, but, you know, we forgive to be forgiven. And so sometimes we have to consider, you know, what's the purpose? What's the end result? How much does this affect me? In my life, how important is taking some sort of retributive, retributive action? Right. I'm all for retributive action uh, politically. I'm all for retributive action uh, criminally. I'm all for retributive action uh, against real violations, real violations. But but the, many of the the petty stuff, you know, the hot foot and and the two be no. quiet, and you know, it's a waste of your energy. It's a waste of your time, your energy, and your power. And and so I can see a, a documented footprint from Mother Africa to the indigenous world and, and colonialism, where our desire for retribution, vengeance, payback, has changed over the the centuries. And so once it was about the system. It was about the problem of white supremacy. It was about the problem of enslavement. And so we were willing to come together, and, and Bois came on, which, which involved drumming and dancing and cooking the food several times for each ceremony, calling down deities, calling down God, working up a, a power, working up a greater degree of ashe, and then moving forward. Big deal, big activity big thing to focus our energy on. So protecting our community, standing up for LGBT rights and protection, standing up for women, and particularly black women and children, standing up for those who are incarcerated in the system, and and just standing up for those who just won't do right. You know, sometimes we got to work ritual, you know, just for those who just won't work ritual for themselves, you know, who who just won't do right for themselves. And our prayer is always yeah. that they stay out of immediate harm and danger, but Right. And some people and sometimes you just gotta stop people who are evil. There are people who no matter what will continue to do the wrong thing rather than the right thing. And those people have to be stopped because they'll not only hurt you, they hurt everybody around you. It's just in them. And until they learn that this is not acceptable, you know, you have to do things to to stop them. I didn't say do things to hurt them. I said do things to stop them. So, and there's a difference. Yeah, I, I, I will hurt. I will kill if it's necessary. I, I, I'm just not going to bite my tongue on that. I will hurt. I will kill. I, I don't want to give the false notion that I'm somehow holier than thou and grandiose and, you know, uh, somebody used a word the other day. I can't remember what it is. Oh, pompous. You know, I, I don't yeah. want to give that, that impression. You know, I indeed am from the streets. 
I am beating from the brick. I'm a kid, 14, 15, that was on the street. I will hurt you. I will hurt you. And I will hurt those who are doing egregious acts. You know, egregious acts. Absolutely. Violation of children, violation of humanity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a space for retributive magic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a space for burying people, you know, in the yard. And we still bury people in the yard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all ready to talk about that. But, yeah, it's, it's a space for deading, ending certain people, places, and things that are harmful, that are toxic, you know, and have a devastating effect on people, places, and things. So there's a place for retribution, for righteous retribution. There's a place for righteous anger and indignation. There's a place for that. But, you know, the petty things that we battle for, you know, some other man's, you know, wife, some other woman's husband, you know, it's a waste of your power and it sucks energy from what otherwise would be your destiny, which is loaded with gems and blessings and, and good things to come. We suck the life out of some things before they even show up for us, before we even see what's happening. That's right. You know, we, we, we cut off our nose to spite our face, my mom used to say. You know, and, and lose opportunities. Oh, Denise, how many people do we know have lost have opportunities? Have lost opportunities because of they, they, just, they just didn't know how to act. They, couldn't they didn't know how to get along. And so when the opportunities came, they were, they, they were not people that you looked to call for the opportunity because, A, they don't show up. B, they're extremely jealous of your forward movement. Um, they, they just show that they did not have the, their own best interests at heart, that cutting off the nose to spite their face. And then they get lost. In 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 um, they get lost in not having the opportunities that they would have normally had had they not been so so evil. Area code eight four three. Thank you so much, beloved, for your patience and being with us today. Area code eight four three. I'm opening your mic. Greetings, beloved. Please tell us who's calling and where you're calling from. Eric code eight four three, can you hear me? Are you with me? I see your hand is raised. Your mic is now open. Eric code eight four three six one zero. Are you with me? I'll leave your mic open um, for a moment and, and come back and check on you. Tangerine Bliss says I ran to the church for years, finding fighting a witch attack. On, on herself and the family until she found Voodoo and Ifa, and my problem ceased with that person. I think that's a powerful testimony for you to share with us in the group, um, particularly because of your wording. I ran to the church for years fighting a witch attacking me. And often witches come out of the church. Often witches come out of the religious community. Often the religious uh, uh, the the witches are some of the most astute religious followers with, within our community. I know church folks who use psalms like a witch. 
I know church folks who use the Bible, you know, to do divination, to do other forms of not-so-Christian-like activities. So I'm not surprised by that. And I'm not surprised by their inability to help you all those years that you were running to them for support and assistance in addressing witchcraft. Our churches sometimes are the least spiritual places, you know, to be. We, we quote scripture, we sing psalm and hymn, you know, we, we, we physically, you know, manifest rituals and, and, and repetitive activities. But the minute we start talking about ghost spirits, hanks, demons, gin, real activity, you don't hear that in the church a lot, do you? You don't hear that in the synagogue a lot. You don't hear that in the mosque a lot. That, that's whisper behind closed doors. You know, that's the private conversation with the imam. That's the private conversation with the pastor. Why isn't this brought out into the community? Why is this brought out into the mainstream? And I think that's because, again, there's a certain degree of control that's still trying to be manipulated in terms of our ability to honor and acknowledge these traditions that hail from our indigenous backgrounds. And, and to suck the power out of them, to continue to reduce them to Frog and the Princess, to American Horror Story, to book novels and, and Halloween, they really don't want us to gain that personal revolutionary empowerment and belief and acceptance of these, of these traditions. So you often don't see it in the church. It's an unfortunate thing. I have many pastors, ministers, bishops that come to me for things that I once thought the church was supposed to handle. But the church is not handling that today. The church is not handling that anymore. And so they're seeking outside that system. For, for many of us, we identify that as an oppressive system. You know, I associate Christianity with slavery just in one breath. I don't care what we're talking about. I don't care what the subject is. You know, it could be Christmas. I don't care what it is. In, in one second, I'm talking about slavery. And, and that's just my experience. I don't deny my mother's experience or any other, you know, Christian's experience. We all come to our, our, our acknowledgement of God in our lives at our own pace. But for me, it represented bondage. It represented witchcraft. It represented people who just with the, ev- the power of the evil eye looked down on me, looked at me as an abomination, looked at me as a problem. And so you collect those gins sitting on those pews next to those kind of people. You collect that energy, and part of you begins to accept that, believe that, take that in, you know, and that leads to adulthood guilt. My 50-year-old, 60-year-old clients who still having nightmares about hell who are still having nightmares that were ingrained in their heads by the priests, the nuns, the evangelicals, you know, back in the day to instill fear in us when it came to spirituality and and religion. But how many exorcisms have you seen in your church? How many times you've been to the cathedral, Denise, and seen an exorcism? I can't hear you, beloved. Yeah, I have never seen one, but they're done in private, 
And I do know that there is a team or more than one team that the Catholic Church has trained to do it. Um, so, but never in the church, it's never talked about. Uh, it's done very much in secret. I've never seen when I've been a Catholic all my life. And let's be real. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's real. Let, let's be clear. Oh, there are teams. They're trying teams out of Rome. There are teams of priests that are trained specifically for that, to deal with that. So I don't care what your ethnicity, I don't care what your, your race, I don't care what your, what your religious belief, I don't care where you live. We have an international audience. You have the documented presence and awareness of demons, gin, exorcisms in your culture. It's a global phenomenon. It's the one thing culturally that extends to every other people on the planet. As far back as we can go in time in history, the awareness that we are not alone here, people. We are not alone here. And so ghosts is one thing. Angels and fairies is another thing. You know, nature spirits like gnomes and, and, and um, uh, what's the other things? Uh, pixies and, you know, the, that's, that's another discussion. But I don't care where you are, what your race, your religion, your ethnicity, your cultural background. When we go into your creation stories, when we go into your religious text, you find demons. You find gin. You find another form of life that inhabits this world with us that we're not taught about, that we're not educated about on a regular basis, that, that we're not instructed on, on how to handle. So we talked about mother with the other day and how these ideas travel in families, again, often in quiet and, and the protectedness of, of, of secrecy. Um, I can remember hearing, you know, put a silver spoon a silver fork underneath your pillow, underneath your mattress, to protect someone from the hate. Uh, that, that's a low country Gullah word, the hate. Uh, so we might have said spirit, we might have said gin, we might have used other words, depending on where you were regionally, you know, in this deep south. But the awareness of that is common. There's even a, a color called hate loop, that there was paint the windows, the, the uh, doors uh, to keep them from out of, out of the inside of the house. They would put up bottle trees outside with colorful bottles. And there are several in this area where people have put up bottle trees outside to keep the spirits occupied outside so they would not enter the house. You see, you look at traditions and and things that your grandmother did, and because you're so educated now and because you got your multiple degrees now and uh, you're the CEO of this or the, the MBA of that, and so you don't realize why these things are done in the traditions of your uh, family until you start to seek them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a place, our house has got three bottle trees in front. Like I told you before, three is a powerful number. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the tradition lives on mostly in the South, mm-hmm. in the Mississippi Delta. Uh, even blues singers, uh, if you listen to these original blues singers, they talk a lot about those kinds of spiritual things in their songs. So we just think it's something that they've said. 
but it is their uh, uh, living testimony. Blues is a living testimony, especially coming out the Mississippi Delta yeah. to the things that were real in their lives. So seek it, and you shall find your family's history, traditions, and culture. Knock, and that door will be open to you. Will be open. Uh, area code 912. Area code 912. Beloved, welcome to the show. Your mic is now open. Area code 912. Who's calling, and where are you calling from? Yes, I'm tell it like it is. Calling from Georgia. Okay, tell it like it is, beloved. Thank you so much for calling in and representing for Georgia with us right now. How you doing? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, thank you for um, allowing me on. I just have a question as far as, um, I guess, offering amount whenever you own your own personal business. Okay, I heard the last part. I missed the first part that might have contained the question. So when you own your own business, I'm trying, I want to figure out what percentage should I be uh, venerating to my ancestors Oh, on okay. a monthly basis? That's a great question. Now, um, some of you know I have an evangelical Christian background rooted in it. Uh, Denise has a, a Catholic background. Uh, so, so, And many of you listening are knowledgeable, aware of tithing. Tithing is not a bad thing. And tithing supersedes, predates the Bible. Tithing predates the organization of Christianity. So, so listen to me this way. Uh, ancient Egypt is a great example. So we, we, we created fields of corn and wheat. You know, you, you collected honey. You, maybe you had cattle. Maybe you were, you were a basket weaver. And you carried a tithe. I think at some point the Greeks got involved and we changed tithe to tax, T-A-X. And tax is a whole other thing, which has the governmental, political ramifications sort of attached to it. I believe the Greeks took tithing and turned that into taxing. And so now with tax, it doesn't matter what your religion is, we come in for some of what you got. Whereas with tithing, you were committed to your temple to your community, to your village. So if we were all tithing grain, if we were all tithing honey, if we were all tithing uh, dried meat or dried fish, it ensured that in the dry season or even in the rainy season when we couldn't grow or produce a harvest, that everyone would, would have. So when we're talking about a family or individual or, or, or a self-employed entrepreneur, as you are, are, are yourself or as, as you are describing, you want to tie to yourself first. I'm sure Susie Orman would agree with me. I'm sure everybody on uh, what's that show where you bring in new ideas and uh, they decide whether they're going to support you or not. I'm sure all of those people on that panel would support what I'm saying. And so it has a spiritual basis that predates government and politics and how we view taxes, the idea of tithing. And unfortunately, it has been sullied by the church, particularly for many of us African-Americans, the whole idea of, of, of tithing and then watching, you know, someone get Lexus after Lexus, Mercedes, BMW, 
you know, million dollar house, you know, while your community is still suffering, that's not that's not what it's about. But the idea of taking ten percent, fifteen percent, and setting that away for the ancestors, setting that away for the generations to come. Because remember now, when we venerate the ancestors, we not only venerate our elders, but we also venerate our babies. And so in putting that 10%, that 15% away, investing it in your uh, things that, that don't lose value, you know, your property, your business, and, and indeed your spiritual space. Many of us, um, I don't want to call anybody out in the chat unless they want to be called out, but many of us have whole rooms in our house dedicated just to spirit, dedicated just to the ancestors. I got two upstairs, and Denise will tell you as a witness, 95% of my house is temple, it's business, it's ritual. I have very small space to call personal or, or live space. Most of it is ritual. Most of it is about the religion. Most of it is about the tradition. Most of it is about the culture. So, yes, putting that away, um, harboring, because I don't like the, uh, uh, the, uh, the newer word, um, you know, when you have too much stuff in your house, what do they call that? Um, when you collect too hoarding. much stuff. Hoarding. Yeah, I don't want to use the word hoarding. So I say harboring rice, popcorn, beans, you know, things that are useful to us. And, 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 and I don't want to detour too much into science fiction reality. But if the last year didn't teach you all that we can go without food, water, gas, services overnight, y'all ain't paying attention. Here in the Gulf, we're used to that. We're used to losing electricity. We're used to having to have a boil water advisory. We're used to... All of that in New Orleans. Yeah, we're used to dealing with... All the time. So the idea of putting that, that portion away or dedicating that portion to some kind of community endeavor... Feeding right. the young people in your community, feeding the homeless, providing school supplies, pr- providing sanitary supplies for young women, you right. know, going to the, you know, poor neighborhood adjacent to you and, and, and find a purpose. But, oh, Queen, I'm honored by your question. I, I and, and, and here's the other thing. Uh, very recently, I... Uh, have a longtime friend who is away, and I grocery shop for an 80 and 90 year old, his aunt, and he gives me uh, a, uh, a retainer at the first of the month, and he pays me for each trip that I take to take care of these two older women. He said, I'm going to send you some extra money, and I said, Go ahead, Denise. Uh, and I said, oh, you know what? We've been friends a long time. You don't have to send me any extra money. And he said, wait a minute. He says, I need to send you this money. I need to recycle this money. Because if you don't send money out, you, keep, you block the flow of it coming in. So you have got to keep that money moving. You got to keep it moving. So he was actually insulted that I would not accept extra money because, you see, money's recycled. 
You send money out, money will come in, but you've got to keep that tunnel flowing. And so I understand what you mean. And so when Ty says, find somewhere where your money is going to work for the good uh, of the community. Um, buy groceries for somebody who can't afford them. Find an old person on a, on a fixed income, right? Pay that light bill for them one month. You'd be surprised if just paying a light bill or a water bill will do for somebody on a fixed income. Uh, and so, yes, honey, owning the business, you got to keep that money flowing. I get it. Listen, Gail Benson, who is the owner of the state, is a billionaire. She just gave a million dollars to HBCU. I just saw it today in the news. She gave a million dollars to HBCU. So she understands that keeping the flow of money going. It's a flow, right? And if you hold it and afford it, then what you, the old people used to say, you can't get nothing if your hand is closed. You've got to keep that money moving. It is, this is a spiritual law that you've got to give it, but give it so that it'll benefit somebody. That old person may, just because you paid that water bill a light bill, that old person may sit there and put a blessing on you that your hand won't be big enough to receive. Just that old person that has nothing to do but sit and pray all day will lay a blessing on you. You won't know where it's coming from just because you did that one good deed. So, baby, I understand. Believe me, I have a business. I get it. Trust me, I do. And tell it like it is. Um, I, I don't know who you are outside of your username, but if you are in the tradition, if you're practicing the tradition, if you're learning the tradition, don't forget your elder. Don't forget your mentor. Don't, you, don't yeah. forget your Oluo. Don't forget your mambo. Don't forget your godmother, your godfather. Those people that are sort of helping to hold you together spiritually, emotionally, energetically, while we continue to prosper. As Denise just suggested, um, not only does the prayer of a mother avail us much, but the prayers of the elders and the prayers of young babies. You know, just before the show, um, I heard somebody at my front door, and I opened my door, and it was seven young babies under the age of four at my door. There's a daycare halfway down the block, and they speak at least four languages that I'm aware of, Spanish, English. Uh, I think one speaks Greek or Russian, so I'm not understanding, you know, the toddler language, but I am understanding the love. My face is on the door. And so they see my face every day, every day. And they don't fear Baron Samdi. They don't fear uh, Papa Gede. They love love them and they love me through that imagery that that they see. So just that blessing. I stopped my my personal training. My, My trainer was here and we stopped and I entertained them. I entertained them. We walk past children that we don't entertain. We walk past old people that we don't entertain, disabled people. Sometimes we see these folks struggling, you know, with a grocery bag, struggling, you know, to to cross the the traffic, you know, and and we just go about our way. And it is in those moments, beloved, that you miss intersections with spirit. And And we are indeed being judged, not necessarily by humanity, but by spirit. 
And so That's your right. angels, your guides, your reaches, your ancestors, they see when you do the right thing. They see when you don't do the right thing. And, and you That's sound right. like a sister who's doing the right thing. You know, your question says a lot to me about who you are and, and how you operate. So feed your community, feed your village, feed your elders. Feed, you know, if, you, if you're no longer associated with the, with the church, create this ATR church. My goal is, and, I, and I'm prayerfully hopeful that we have created an ATR church in this virtual space. Some of us are Yoruba, some of us are Rakan, some of us are Haitian voodoo, some of us are Louisiana voodoo, some of us are spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of us are Ifa, and we've created a virtual sacred space here that we choose to share in. So I, and I often want to support other members of this group, other people to move their ideas forward, move their businesses forward, particularly where our village intersects. You know, Denise does tourism and history and, and Rio, and it intersects with my voodoo spirituality. That's right. So you see, a lot of people come to New Orleans and they want to see Marie Laveau and they want to hear the story of voodoo. And I have heard some people outside this community explain voodoo in a way that, 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 made, that sickens me. So I have to tell the story respectfully. This story should be told respectfully. Voodoo should be told respectfully. And not like it's witchcraft or like it's some some I I I don't I can't even explain what I've heard tour guides the way that they have explained voodoo. So when people come to me, I have to give them the proper information on be on voodoo being the oldest religion on the planet, and the word voodoo meaning spirit, and there's a spirit in everything. And every religion seeks spirit. I don't care if you're a whirling dervish. I don't care whether you're evangelical. I don't care what you're doing. You're all seeking that one spirit that is the maker and, and uh, controller of all of the universe. And so when, I, when they walk away from me, they, they have a better understanding of what voodoo is, how it's used, and 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 a true story of my ancestors arriving in the diaspora in New Orleans, uh, which was the largest uh, 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 slave port in America. That's why New Orleans is the most Africanized city. That's why it's so spiritual, and that's why it's unlike any other city in America. Unlike any other city in America, it's not the same. And when I when I pray and and I thank the spirit, I always say, God, I can be never so grateful as you blame me, born me, bred me, and bringing me up in the city of New Orleans. I don't think that I would have been comfortable to become the person that I am had He put me somewhere else. So I am grateful for that. That, And let me tell you, if you're not born here, you will find your way. If this is your soul place, you will not be happy until you come here. Either come here 
Olympia. I had people come here all the time. Denise, we're coming back. We're coming. And I tell them, I said, you are going to end up with an apartment in this city sooner or later. So, yeah, New Orleans is definitely a place unlike any other. And it's because of my African ancestors. Thank you kindly. And greetings, Mom. I love when you show up and are part of my audience. I love you and I honor you and I respect you and you have everything to do with why I am and, and who I am today in this moment. So thank you so much, Mom, for uh, checking in with us. Um, someone was asking, Denise, if they wanted to reach you, how could they do that? Uh, our Sacred Story, email me at OurSacredStories at com. I am a Creole. I am descended from uh, West African, French, and Spanish uh, people. Uh, I am what I call a Heinz 57. If they were here, I got some of some of them in here. Yes, I am a true Creole. I am a Creole uh, by tradition and by culture. And in fact, I'm so Creole, I've already planned what I'm having for this Friday. Uh, 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 I follow my traditions daily. Yes, I do. I, I, I live inside of my culture, um, not outside looking in. I actually live inside of my culture. Thank you. It's an honor, Inner Consciousness Live TV. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, Alafia, as well, Abaru Aboye, Awashishe. Thank you so much. Yeah, she's uh, she's Creole, beloved. <laughs> yes, may Ifa continue to bless you as well. Uh, again, Abaru Aboye, Awashishe. I appreciate everyone that's here, and I invite you to participate. Please feel free to uh, turn on your webcam, if you will. And join us with your question, comment, request, your story and or experience, and particularly as it relates to the topic of vengeance, retribution, retributive magic. And there is indeed a place for retribution, even in the, you know, the main religions of the world. There is indeed a place for correction and retribution. And, and people paying for, you know, their actions, their deeds. Uh, but it's got to be applied right. And it's got to be applied by right hand. Uh, one of the worst things you can do is, is try and work a vengeful uh, uh, work on someone and your hands are dirty. Your hands are, are not clean. You know, you're, you're capable of what the person did to you. So, so there's opportunities for growth there. You know, there's an opportunity for forgiveness, but there's also an opportunity for growth there before we immediately, you know, leap to the cow tongue. Right, right, before we run to the cow tongue and the number 40 thread and the brand-new needle uh, and the brand-new paper and pen. Now, you know, some people need to be shut up, though, you know, so... And our phone lines are still open at 845-277-9143. What's your name, Marie? S. Marie. Uh, do you have a French or a Spanish name?
uh, while we're waiting for S. Marie to respond uh, about her name, uh, Tangerine Bliss, uh, yes. Uh, was I not clear? <laughs> There's absolutely space for retribution. There's absolutely times, occasions in, in the weather of our lives where one must take concerted action. Uh, it, it, when we're talking about children, when we're talking about major violations, when we're talking about disruption to, to communities, when we're talking about moral value codes, there, there are opportunities absolutely for retribution. And, and, and particularly if we're talking about reparations, post-slavery activity, there's indeed space for retribution. There's absolutely space for retribution. And so, um, Malik, I believe it was, please forgive me if I have your name wrong. Uh, chimed in earlier in the chat about applying our magic, applying our skills to specific targets. I suggested specific targets for specific people, places, and things that we collectively choose to perform the work on for a desired result. And, and, the, and the result has to be one that's agreed upon so that we all see and experience the same thing. Um, it's something else when everyone is sort of directing energy randomly at a target. Some of those arrows hit. Some of those bombs absolutely uh, have a devastating effect. But the ability to sort of document, record, keep a textual, contextual journal of our activity against a person, place, or thing in a retributive uh, fashion, I think is a powerful move for 2021, 2022 sort of moving into the future. Uh, even some of our video games, which I'm really not into, but video games and cartoons, although, yeah, I'm coming, beloved, um, you know, are, are playing with the idea of retributive magic, of people taking direct action for things that have happened in the past, things that are happening in the present, and to, to ensure some sort of balance in the future. But, but it's a real problem when ego gets in the way when self gets in the way, when we get so stuck in what I want, what I need, what I feel, and then start looking towards retributive magic as a resolution. That's problematic. Um, Greetings, beloved. I can't hear you. Turn your uh, mic on. Oloye, Ifawale, we can't hear you. Turn your mic on. We still can't hear you. Your mic is not on. Click on your face. Somewhere in that little box, there should be a mic, and you need to unmute yourself. Because you're unmuted on my end, so you're still muted on your end. There you go. I can hear you. Gotcha. Greetings. Before you speak, I want to say DNA is powerful. (laughs) (laughs) DNA is powerful. Ancestry work is powerful. This is one of my newest cousins. We discovered each other by way of DNA tests, and we've been family ever since. For me, it was it was surprising that he was a qualified Babalao and an Ifa priest, and that I'm doing this voodoo voodoo work. I, I saw that similarity cross genetic lines, you know, and still maintain its continued continuity. So I'm grateful for your being here. Um, I asked you a while back to be a part of this show and, and sort of bring the EFI presence 
here, represent E5 for us. So I'm grateful um, as a family member that you're here. My mama was just here a, a minute ago in the chat. So I'm grateful for you, beloved. I really am. Uh, thank you. Whatever way I should think of both of you. Blessings to both of you. Thank you. And, and, and say something. What have you to say for us today uh, about the topic or about anything? How do I get the echo off? Because I'm trying to hear you guys, and I can't get the echo to stop. Um, maybe mute your speaker while you're talking, or turn the volume down on your computer. Okay. While you're uh, and you should uh, be fine. A tangerine bliss. Can you still hear me now? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay, yeah. good. Tangerine Bliss, I'll, I'll answer your question momentarily. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead, Oloye. So you were asking me uh, uh, what I was doing with the EFA? Is that what you were asking me? Um, just if you wanted to speak to today's topic or if you had something else that you wanted to say or, or to share, um, your mic is open. You know, I learned a lot. Uh, you know, some of the things being from more of a traditional Isheshe background, uh, some of the things that you guys do in New Orleans with uh, the, the way that the practice is done there, uh, I enjoyed learning that. That was wonderful. And, you know, in, in all of our traditions, whether it's Ifat, whether it was uh, Bubun, whether it's the, the practice that is done in New Orleans with the, the various aspects placed into it, you know, we all have a spiritual power, and we all have a wonderful opportunity to use the power in a good way to uplift community, uplift our family, uplift our generations to come. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I hope, as my prayer, that, you know, we can, we can continue to uplift the, the culture, uplift the spiritual traditions in a righteous way. And, yes, of course, you know, Maybe when we have to, of course, we have the opportunity and the tools to be able to deal with things in a different way than most can. But we hope that, you know, we can always to be able to, to use our tradition in a way that's going to bless our people, bless our community, bless, bless everybody as a whole, uh, you know, going through the future. And I, I honor you because you're doing tremendous work. I've, of course, watched you for a while. And we haven't had a chance to hook up and everything yet, but I'm watching and I'm seeing and I'm I'm, I'm very honored uh, to have you as family, have you as my cousin. Thank so, you. and it's beautiful to meet you uh, as well. And blessings to you on all the work that you do. Thank you kindly. I certainly appreciate you, and I'm Thank honored you. to have you here on the show today. Um, uh, Denise, give your email again. Uh, my email address, my website's not up because I took the old one down in 2020 for COVID because I'm not doing tours. I'll start doing Afro-Creole tours again probably the first week of September. Uh, my, web, my email address is rsacredstories at rsacredstories.com. You can email me about questions about culture and traditions, community here in New Orleans. This is my specialty. I'm a storyteller. 
uh, uh, perfume maker. I make sacred perfume, shrines, this kind of thing. So I am definitely immersed in my community. Uh, so our sacred stories at OurSacredStories.com. And the reason I started this company is because if we don't tell our stories, somebody else will. And so to get who we truly are out into the world, the sto- you, you see, other people can't tell my story. I am uh, convicted in the DNA of my ancestors. Blood is powerful. Uh, I carry the memory uh, of my ancestors. I lived with these women when they did the work, sang the prayer, did the ritual. And so you can read about my culture and spit it out, but you don't feel what I feel. And so I tell the story of my ancestors through Afro Creole tours and the stories of New Orleans. So uh, I'll be back to work probably. I'm, I was waiting for a whole bunch of people to get vaccinated uh, so that I could feel safe with 10, 12, 14 people. And that's the max. I, I, I'll, I'll say 14 is a max uh, because I need to uh, connect with these people when I'm doing a tour. I cannot connect with 28 people. I need When I leave you at the end of this two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour tour, I need to make sure that you understood, got a real understanding of voodoo, the culture, the food, the rituals, right, that we, uh, that started here in New Orleans through the West Africans and Central Africans that came here, enslaved, not as slaves, enslaved. They didn't bring no slaves here. They brought engineers and doctors and uh, 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 mathematicians mathematicians and uh, mages and people of, of worth. And listen, if you got off that ship, you were a superwoman or a superman. You took that 8 to 12 week trip in a whole soaked uh, uh, in other people's feces and urine with disease. If you got off that ship, you were a superwoman or a superman. And so by the mere fact that you survived and the fact that we're all standing here tells me everything I need to know about my DNA. I can't have anybody else tell my story. I need to tell the story of these powerful men and women who survived, came here and thrived, who knew not the language, but who knew two languages beside their own in a generation. Every time the French originated this colony, the Spanish took it over. I had all women in my family that spoke both Creole French and Spanish. My mother's name is Juanita. So if they were so deficient mentally, how is it that they could take the worst of what you gave them and made it taste good? How could they learn all the languages that you spoke in less than a generation? How could they learn to read and write when it was against the law? How could they learn the healing powers of the plant if they were not botanists? So you can't tell me who I am. I know by my DNA 
but yet understand that there's so much to the tradition, so much to the culture, so much that we even here in America can can bring into it as well as to receive from from the traditional culture uh, uh, out there, whether it's Benin, whether it's you know Nigeria, wherever it might be, wherever it might be from. So you know to get in contact with me, uh, as you see, it's Ile I L E I F A O L A D E J I at gmail.com. So Ilefaoladeji at gmail.com. And for the phone number is 405-593-5670. That's my uh, cell phone number. So you might text me, you know, before you call. That way I, because I don't really be answering calls if I don't know the number. But uh, that's at least some information. It's, I'm always honored to, to, to be with you and to now meet you as well. And so, you know, I hope in the future that we can do some things together. I'm still learning, still growing. So uh, I'm always welcome, I'm always open to, to learning more and growing more, especially in, in the tradition as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I'm truly grateful, I'm humbled, and certainly appreciative of, of your spirit and your power and the ancestors who stand with you. And, and understanding that, that I have some ancestors that stand with you, that we are indeed connected yes. um, in that way. I look forward to you being here more often. Um, and yeah. I look forward to uh, being a little bit more consistent uh, with my daily, weekly broadcast. Um, here lately, we've been doing every other day, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and, and we've been doing well with that. Um, at some point, I'd like to fill in the week a little bit more and maybe have you come on and, and teach or, or share uh, more of your experience and indeed address questions that sometimes come up uh, in this space about EFA specifically. Uh, no a few years back, I had EFA Wednesday, and I actually had uh, Awos and Babalaos from Nigeria, particularly Osogbo, who participated on the show. And that was really, really popular. And just life kicked in and, and people's schedules sort of got diffused. So I would like to create, recreate a greater uh, legitimate Ifa footprint here with your help. Uh, as you said, there's so much trickery, there's so much fakery. You know, if you believe what you see on Instagram, everybody's a Babalao. If you believe what you see on, on Twitter, everybody's a voodoo priest. You know, and there's a lot of fakery and nonsense going on. And, and, and I fault us to some degree in that we lack knowledge of self. We lack knowledge of the tradition. We lack the, the awareness of what Ifa looks like and should look like. And so when we have that awareness, it makes it harder for the fraudsters to sort of navigate within our community. They often um, attach themselves to all of your followers. So they'll see you, for instance, you know, participating in the show. So now you'll suddenly get a bunch of new followers on, on your social media, you know, and some of them will be loaded with these fake profiles, no face picture, no, no real identity footprint. And, and it's shameful that it often gets blamed on the Nigerians. You know, we say, oh, it's the Nigerian scam. But it's other folks in other countries and other regions of the world who are now using that mask to defraud people. 
So it further erodes people's trust in Ifa, people's trust in voodoo, and, and their respect for what this really is. And so I say at least once a day, voodoo is not magic, Ifa is not magic, it's not witchcraft, it is indeed nature. Ifa is nature, voodoo is nature. And so there's a, a, a circle that is completed when we regain our, our awareness of nature from a more indigenous perspective. Because, again, in this Western industrialized culture, we're disconnected from the moon, which we acknowledge since we follow a four-day moon, lunar calendar. We're disconnected from nature, which we have to be connected to in Ifa and Voodoo. Without airway, without the plants, there, there would be no healing. There would be no ritual. So I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for Denise. And, and what Denise brings, you know, as an elder black woman, you know, in the city of New Orleans. And we could really do powerful things here in this space. I, I see something growing here. I see something opening mm-hmm. up here. That's to the benefit, you know, of, of all. Absolutely. I do have some questions, my own personal curiosity. Uh, and, and, and my more personal stuff, I'll ask you offline. But I'm mm-hmm. curious about Oklahoma. Um, and, and, and this might sound ignorant, but how many black people are, are in Oklahoma? When I think about Oklahoma, I think about wide open spaces. I think about indigenous people and indigenous cultures. Um, so, so what's it like to be black and to be an owl in, in Oklahoma? And what does that community look like? It's not bad. You know, uh, I've been starting to meet uh, some of our Native American uh, elders and, and different things. Um, when they listen to, like, maybe lectures that I do, they start to understand that there is a commonality in regard to the understanding and wisdom of nature. We know that Ifa means wisdom of nature. But we understand that it's not just the wind and the rain and all of that, but it's the nature within us that we are trying to elevate, elevate, elevation of our inner conscious, huh? So as I speak to more people, the Native Americans, actually even many of the Christians, I've had Christians to come, to come to our class or come to our lectures and then see that this is not as evil as they, it's not evil, it's not what they, they initially thought. Well, we have a different perspective and a different path, a different journey, a different destiny. All in all, it comes back to the one God, to Illuminati, to the Supreme Being. And so, therefore, the introduction of the Fahir is is slow, but, you know, we have a small group here now, and the group, they're happy because they're learning it from a place where they can, they can readily, use, you know, utilize it. It's a practical as well as being able to learn it from an academia standpoint. You know, who is Oshun? Who is Odun? Who is a who is a Lutamari? Who is a Romana? So, you know, it's taken that that time to introduce it and to get good base. But over time I pray that that the job will be done and people will embrace it and that they will be happy and learn and, and see that there's something for everybody. There's something for everybody in it. That's a blessing. Wow, that's a powerful, I, I like to say ministry. 
I, I know some people associate ministry with Christian right. or Islam, but but it's ministry, and, and we're deep operating in ministry, spirituality and religion, wellness, you know, consciousness. Because indeed, you know, before we get to Yimaya and and, and Oshun, your ori has to be in balance. Your ori has to be healthy and well. So I'm really enlightened um, by you. I, I feel a little, um, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, possessive, because you're my family, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I feel like, wow, you know, this is really going on, you know, in my bloodline. And we're doing it in 2021. Yes. My vision is a day when the empty buildings and the empty churches would indeed be converted into ancestral centers, cultural centers, uh, because we all have ancestors, regardless of our ethnic uh, designation, and, and provide a place where Akan and Fan and Ewe and Yoruba and, and other indigenous world traditions can sort of come without that overbearing footprint uh, of the three main world traditions. And I believe that that opportunity exists right now more so than any other time in history an opportunity for us to indeed turn off that which is not working for us anymore and move in a direction and move our community in a direction. I think it's up to people like you and I and and Denise to show some sense of order to it, structure to it. Because again, we're competing with witchcraft and magic and American gods and American horror story and soul food. Mm -hmm. That's what we're competing against. Imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're always in that process of educating and re-educating people about what Ifa really is, about what voodoo really is, and what our expectations should be. Um, some people get frustrated when you start talking about work, homework, sacrifice, ebo, doing things to improve self and to go into self and, and to look into self. People start mm-hmm. falling away. And again, I think that has a lot to do with mainstream society's message that there's a 7-Eleven, there's a quick fix to everything, there's a Burger King have it your own way, you know, sort of approach to our health even, you know. We're not even serious about our physical health, you know. So our spiritual health is just a whole nother layer to that. So it has everything to do with what we eat, what we drink, how we live, what we think about what we spend a, a great deal of our time thinking about. Um, I like the Oriki, for example, because they, uh, like a chant, like, like a chant, like a prayer, like a mantra, they reprogram your They give you something else to think about other than the problem, other than the struggle, other than the block, other than the complication. And they feed a message out into the universe that must come back to you in fulfillment. You know, so I'm grateful. Um, I feel like I'm rambling, but I'm grateful. I, I really am for your being here finally, and for us yes. meeting virtually in this in this way. Uh, we'll meet physically in in, in old Davari's time. I invite you to come back um, as often as you like and be a co-host on the show. Uh, we've done a full two hours. We, we've been going at this now for really since eleven, um, because I was playing videos. Sometimes voodoo, sometimes uh, ifa, uh, be- during that hour before the show. Um, so I'm dehydrated. I'm hungry. I'm going to bring this to an end. 
I'm going to say hi to my mom again, Gary Bonsell Savage. That's my mother in in the chat, uh, beloved. And so she's seeing you now for the first time, too. So I'm grateful for technology and our ability to... Please tell her, you know, my blessings to her. And, you know, as family, you know, And so thank you all. I'm going to end the show. Thank you, Denise. Did you have anything else you want to say before? Okay. Well, I'll see you all next time at high noon, U.S. Central Standard Time for Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. All is Thank you, Divine Prince. My pleasure. Thank you, cousin. Thank you, family, for being with us. Blessings, blessings. Thank you. Thank you, y'all. We are off air. I appreciate you. Please enjoy your day. Uh, beloved, we have to talk by, okay. by phone or Skype, you know, when both of us are available. Maybe come up with some ideas, you know, maybe some show topics. But I really want to be here for you. Also, uh, to, uh, if you want, uh, speak to Obama and have Obama to come on uh, when he's available as well. And that way um, you have it from both me, but you have it from the top. Yes, that would be great. And please do me a favor and email me your information. Gotcha. Email me your phone number, your address, the name of your business, the name of your temple, um, your your full name so that I can learn and, and identify your full name. And, and that will help me to better promote the show and, and, get, okay. and maybe even get some of my um, West African EFI practitioners to come back again. And we can really, we could really have a great a great time here in this space. Be my pleasure. Thank you so much here. All right, Baba. I'll All talk to you much. soon. All right, peace. Uh, Tangerine Bliss, beloved. Yeah, I'll address your question tomorrow. Just come on back with us, and um, I'll be more than happy to um, talk about that because uh, that that was a deep one, and I did see your question. That was a deep one. Because we would now have to talk about eternal life. What does eternal life look like from a voodoo perspective, from an Ifa perspective, and counterbalance that against what we believe we understand from that Christian way of, of viewing eternal life. It, it certainly does create generational curse that can live and travel generationally um, in a family. But I'll address that for you tomorrow. Thank you so much, beloved. Always a blessing. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. That was great. I appreciate you. I'm honored by you and your phone calls and listenership and participation. And I look forward to connecting with you again next time at high noon, U.S. Central Standard Time. On blogtalkradio.com forward Congo Square. Hyphen divine hyphen print. The almost Indians, the almost Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The almost Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts 
the almost Indians. They pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de grace cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world harrowed by the beat, 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 being, beating, being of black heart drum, heart beat, heart beat. Heart be at this place, at this place be heart be be we beating place in new world space beating being in place in new world preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk, our music the God talk. First thing we do. Let's get together, circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, connected together and singing, ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original 
aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be banza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate without of us. But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, Deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade, but dark. Dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades. Eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us. To remember, to be, to be, we are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to be.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.